Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. The Bible talks about gardens at various times, and there's a beautiful site in Israel. It's called the Garden Tomb, and uh, it may be the burial place of Jesus. Fortunately, there's a beautiful garden because there's nothing to see in the tomb because Jesus turns graves into gardens. the God of the mountain is the God of the valley and there's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me
Only Jesus has the ability to take the messes of our life and turn them into something beautiful that bloom into gardens. Lord, this morning, Lord, we just ask that you would speak to our hearts, fill us full to overflowing, God, with the things that we need in our life from you. Lord, we may have walked into this facility today broken, weary, tired, exhausted, in need. But God, I believe in the next few moments we will see a transition from emptiness to fullness, from brokenness to wholeness, to having a problem to leaving here with a solution. God, I believe that the power of your word sets us free. It empowers us to do life and that we will not leave here by ourselves, but empowered by your Holy Spirit for the week ahead and to celebrate this extraordinary Mother's Day. Lord, we pray for those who are ill this morning, who aren't able to be with us because of sickness. We pray healing for their bodies in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray for those this morning, God, who are in mourning, in a season of mourning. Lord, for Kathy, but for others too, I sense that there are others here who just have experienced a loss, and today you feel that void. Lord, I pray that you would fill that void with yourself today in an incredible way. Lord, we pray for those with needs today. God, that you would meet them right where they're at. You would provide in incredible ways, both for the material things that are needed, for the spiritual things that are needed, but Lord, also for the mental things that are needed. God, we thank you this morning that you supply all of our needs. You are a God of resource. And God, I believe this morning your word is going to speak to our hearts in incredible ways. We give you praise, glory, and honor. And God's people said, amen, amen. You can be seated. We're going to transition to our word. And we are going to dismiss our kiddos at this time with our wonderful children's pastor, Miss Jackie, who is in the back. And she is ready to transition uh, with you guys to the lower level. Well, who's ready to hear a word from God today? All right. Well, it's exciting. I'm glad that you're here this morning. I know we've got people that are traveling, some that are ill, but I want to tell you today, God has a word for you in this place, or if you're watching online, God wants to speak to your heart. Let's jump right into the scripture this morning. Let's go to John chapter 20. We're looking at verses 24 through 29. We're going to be taking a look at a man named Thomas. Just to remind you where we've been on our journey. Last week, we talked about the encounter that 10 of the disciples had, along with some others, when Jesus showed up in a room, the doors were locked, but Jesus shows up in the room. The disciples thought that he was a ghost. Jesus assures them, he says, no, that's not the case. He does some things, we'll get into that in a minute. And then they, the, Jesus leaves, he vanishes. Uh, and then the disciples are left with that. Now, Thomas is one of the disciples, and he was not at that meeting. But can I tell you something this morning? I think sometimes we have a fear, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, a fear of missing out on God. But I want to tell you, when you are a follower of Jesus, and when you decide that you're going to put Jesus in your life as a priority, you will never miss out on what God has for your life. But we have to choose to put him first. So let's jump into our scripture, John chapter 20, verses 24. Now, it was not with the little bit excited about that. His hands and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hand into his side. I will not believe. A week later, the disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was there with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord, my God. Then Jesus told him, because you've seen, you, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So let's talk about doubting Thomas. Because that's what we call him in the church, right? 
by the way, I got to take just a moment because the newlywed couple are here this morning. And Lydon and Sarah are here. It's great to have you guys at church this morning. Man, we had a great time on Friday. It was such a celebration. And we're so excited that your adventure starts. And then you come to church and pastor talks about doubting. Uh, so don't doubt. You guys are married. It's all legal. It's good, just to let you know. We signed the paperwork. It's all good. Um, but, you know, we talk about Thomas in the church, and we refer to him as Doubting Thomas, yet the Scripture does not refer to him as that. The Scripture says that he had doubts. And I think it's really unfair that we define a man by one quick moment of his life. We call him Doubting Thomas. Imagine this morning if we applied that to other people from the Bible. I mean, we'd have the adulterer David the drunk Noah, and the frustrated Moses? What if we just this morning decided that we would just relate that same way to the people that attend our church? Because this morning we've got overweight Helen, deadbeat Dan, cowardly Phil, backstabbing Betty, lying Larry, robbing Rick, foolish Phil, strung out Jack, and gossiping Kate. They're all here for worship experience this morning. I'm glad that you came. Because let me tell you, we all have issues. And we all have moments in time where we fail. We all do. No one wants to be defined by their failures. No one wants to get defined by a single moment in time. So instead of talking about doubting Thomas, how about we talk about Thomas's doubt this morning? Let's stop letting our issues define us and who we are and start defining the issues in our life for what they are. A moment, a decision, a situation but all of them are temporary. Every issue that you are dealing with in your life today is temporary. But Pastor Eric, I was born with this. But let me tell you, this is a season. We're here on this planet for such a small season in the grand scheme of things. And we are eternity bound with Jesus. So even if your issue is something that you have for a lifetime, I want to tell you, there will come a day when you will be set free from that issue. But I want to tell you, and you probably don't look at it this way, if you have a lifelong issue that you've had since you were young or since, since you were, were, were born, or maybe it's something that happened earlier in your life and it scars you to this day, I want to tell you something. God looked at you and said, I trust you enough to carry this burden. And with me, I'm going to use it to glorify my kingdom. We don't often look at the burdens that we carry as an honor. But can I tell you that if we trust Jesus, they sure can be. The things that weigh on us and heavily, heavily on us and the things that we feel hold us back may be the very thing that God uses to propel his message forward in our life. That's a good thing. That's a great thing. But it's a challenging thing. I want you to know this morning that you set the tone right now for being victorious in Jesus. Can you say that for you? I believe that God wants you to be victorious, and I believe he's going to give you every tool in your toolbox to be victorious for him and his kingdom. Let's look at our scripture. The other disciples had this experience with Jesus a week earlier. They had seen the resurrected Christ, and they thought, he's a ghost. Here's Jesus right before them. And they're like, this guy's got to be a ghost. There's no way it can be real. But here's what Jesus did for them. This is what we talked about last week. Jesus showed them his scars. He encouraged them to touch the scars on his body. Jesus even ate fish with them to prove that he wasn't a ghost, because I guess ghosts don't eat fish. I guess that's the reasoning behind that. But Thomas wasn't there when this happened. And when the disciples tried to tell him the story to share the good news, he didn't believe them. And look, we've probably been there if you've followed Jesus for any length of time and you've tried to share Jesus with others. You've had those people that have said, no, I don't believe that. I don't believe Jesus could do that. I don't believe Jesus could do that with my life. Because look, some people just need to experience it. And it's okay when people go, you know what, I just don't believe that. That's not the end of the journey, folks. We are called to be his witnesses. We testify to what he has done in our life. We share the story of what Jesus is doing. 
what he has done and what he will do through our life. And because someone else goes, I don't believe that, that's not the end. And that doesn't mean that we should stop sharing. We're to be his witnesses. Thomas said this to them when when they told him about Jesus. Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Here's the interesting thing. That's exactly what the other ten disciples did a week earlier. (laughs) All he did was say the quiet part out loud. He said, I I need to have that experience to believe. Here's the thing. The other ten disciples, they didn't believe either. They thought Jesus was a ghost. But their belief changed when they had a personal experience with Jesus. Really, the only difference between Thomas and the other ten was the fact that Thomas verbalized his doubt. Now, we can focus on Thomas's doubt, or we could focus this morning on how Jesus dealt with it, and I think that's probably a better alternative. Because this morning, we could focus on your issue, or we can focus with how Jesus is going to deal with the issues in your life. And I think I want to deal, deal with what Jesus is going to do. Because we can't fix our life on our own. But thank goodness we've got a partner named Jesus who's willing to help us out. The scripture says a week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. So this is point one for you, who, those of you who are taking notes this morning. It's not always instantaneous. It's not always instantaneous. We live in a world and in a culture where everything seems to be instant. Always on, always live, always instantaneous. We've got instant food. Our store shelves are filled with instant products, instant oatmeal, instant meals, all sorts of things. Like now you can like, they have a thing where it's like an omelet. You just crack the egg in it and you put it in the microwave and it's like instant omelet. It's incredible. Or not, depending on your view of things. We've got faster internet than ever before because we can't have any lag. It's got to be instantaneous. We've got instant information for the first time in in anyone's life. We can find out almost anything at any point in time, anywhere on the planet. And some of that's cool. Because for the first time, we can share Jesus here. And so, I mean, what I want right now, right away, the way I want it. You even have, think about this. I mean, we already had drive-thrus in America, which is bad enough. That does not help any of us, really. All right? We had drive-thrus. Now we're like, that's not quick enough. Now you can get on your phone or on the Internet. You can order your meal ahead of time, and you can just go hit a button on your phone, and your food gets brought out the minute that you pull in. Instantaneous. We've got instant relationships. We have all these people that are just like, just instantaneous relationships. Just go to your phone. Swipe right or left. Instant. But the problem when we live with an instant world or an instant culture is that the people of God sometimes think that God does everything instantaneously too. And I'm not saying that he can't because he's more than capable of doing that. But as I look through the word, I see so many times where it's not instantaneous that there is this word called time that God likes to use in our life. Let me give you just a few examples. Just a few. I could give you hundreds this morning. I'll give you just a few. Jesus didn't start his ministry until he was 30 years old. It wasn't instant. The trip to the promised land for God's people, out of Egypt, coming out of Egypt and going to the promised land, took 40 years, not instant. The redemption plan for mankind took 76 generations to unfold from Adam to Jesus. It wasn't instant. Time is an important ingredient in what God is doing in your life. The biggest difference between instant mashed potatoes and homemade mashed potatoes is what? Oh, taste. I heard taste. That's good. What else? Texture. And time. Here's the truth. Instant mashed potatoes are easier, but it doesn't mean that they taste better. 
And what if we applied that same principle to our lives when it comes to our relationship with God? Because there's a lot of instant stuff that you can do in the church. But can I tell you something? It's not going to have the same flavor or texture or aroma. It takes time for the things that God is doing in our life to take hold, to blossom, and bloom. I've known a lot of farmers. I've never met one that has instantaneous crops. Just not met one yet. I mean, maybe there's somebody out there. You got you to gotta prepare the soil. You got to plant the seed. You got to give that seed time. Now, you can sit there and you can watch it all you want, but it is not going to grow until the timing's right. It's got to go through a process. I want to tell you this morning that you may be in the middle of a process that God has you in, that Jesus has put you in the oven, and he's making something great in your life. But can I tell you something? Don't come out of God's oven (laughs) half-baked. It won't turn out well, right? We've probably all been there. You cook something on the grill. You thought it was done. You bite into it, and that is not done. Raw chicken is nasty. It needs to be cooked all the way through. Church, we got to be cooked all the way through in the presence of God. We've got to allow him and trust him to do what he wants to do. Let's move on. It's not always instant. When Jesus did show up, what did he do? Well, let's look at the scriptures again. It says, though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. There ain't no door keeping Jesus out. I know that's not proper English, but I like the way it sounds. The time was right for Jesus to have an encounter with Thomas. Now, why was it a whole week later? I have absolutely no idea. And neither does any other Bible scholar on the face of the planet. We don't know why. Here's what I know. It's time for Thomas to... The door is locked. Those are barred. There's no way in. There's no way out. And you feel trapped in the situation, the circumstance that you're in right now in your life. But I want to tell you something. But Jesus. But Jesus. Jesus shows up at the house. He says the timing is right. There is no locked door that's going to keep him out. There is no situation, no circumstance you find yourself in today that Jesus cannot reach into and speak to you and bring transformation to you. There is no lock that exists that can keep Jesus out. A couple biblical examples. God's people were stuck between the Red Sea and the Egyptians, but God rolled back the waters. Daniel found himself in a situation in a pit with hungry lions, but Jesus shut their mouths. Radshak, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into a fiery furnace, but Jesus was already in the furnace waiting for them, going, what took you guys so long? There is no lock. There is no situation that will keep Jesus out of your life if you want Jesus in your life. But it's your choice. It's your choice whether you let Jesus in Because the situation will not dictate what God can and cannot do. There is no situation, no obstacle that can keep Jesus from getting to you. Number three, peace be with you. The exact same greeting given to the other disciples a week earlier was now given to Thomas as well. Jesus did not show up to scold Thomas. He came to restore him. Jesus is not waiting to punish you for the things that you messed up in this last week. Jesus is ready to restore you. He's not here to yell at you, to tear you down, to belittle you. He's here to build you up and say, we can overcome this. We can do this together. We can make it better. But somehow inside of us, when we fail Jesus, we feel like we've got to run and hide. And what we need to do is be doing the opposite thing. Instead of running from God, we should be running to God. He is ready to work with the mess in our life. I want you to know the same word spoken to the disciples, the same word spoken to Thomas is trying to be spoken into your life today. Peace be with you. 
And in the world that we live in today, I don't know about you, but I sure could use some peace, some stability, something that goes no matter what the world's doing, no matter what's going on outside my door, there is still peace in here because Jesus resides here. And he is the God of peace. Number four, and our last point for the day, sometimes we need a personal encounter. Verses 27 through 29 say this, Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Jesus offered to Thomas the exact same thing that the other disciples had, an opportunity, a personal encounter. The things where Thomas doubted, Jesus goes, let's overcome them. Right now, right here, let's do it. Because I want you to move forward. Jesus confronted every doubt that Thomas had. And then Thomas said to him, my Lord, my God. Jesus responded to him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. This verse isn't necessarily saying what I think sometimes how we process it. This verse is not saying that Thomas is less. What Jesus is saying is there are some who will never have to have this type of believe that Jesus can do everything. But sometimes we find ourselves broken, worn out, exhausted, beat up, confused, put through the ringer, and we just need an experience with Jesus to remind us he's still there. And when you are there, you are not less because of that. I believe God to do, can do great things. I believe there are great things in store for us as a church. And there are moments where, where I, I, just, I just have this, this faith. I, I, there's, no, there's nothing that I see, nothing that tells me that it's going to happen, but I just know it's going to happen. But then there are times, church, where I doubt. There's times where I'm exhausted, worn out. I'm at my limit, and I just need an encounter with Jesus to bolster my faith. And I want to tell you, if you're there, it's okay. You're not less than. Because some great men and women of the gospel needed encounters with God in the moment of their weakness. Elijah called down fire from heaven. That's a guy who can pray. Calls down fire from heaven. 24 hours later, He's like so depressed, he's like, I want to take my own life. I need an encounter with God. He was not less than. How many of the disciples had to have an encounter with Jesus to verify that he was the risen Savior? Ten out of ten. They're not less than. The one person responsible for writing a majority of the New Testament, Paul, had to have a personal encounter with with Jesus on the road because he needed an encounter with Jesus to get him where he needed to go. It's not less than. I want to close today with an illustration for you. Someone thought, had a thought I was going to cut somebody in half and then we'd pray and see Jesus bring them back together. Uh, that's not what we're doing today. All right? That's next Sunday. Um, I'm just kidding. Somebody would be like, serious? We'll post it on Facebook, and then I'll be in trouble. All right. We have two people here. I'm sorry, I got a handheld mic. It makes it a little more difficult, but we'll, we'll manage. These are two lives. They're filled with the same. I wanted to get life cereal, but life cereal is brown. You probably couldn't see it as well. And so this, they're full of Fruit Loops. So, um, so it's all good. But life cereal would have been really neat. And this is the life that's in us, right? And the thing is, is that... We have stuff in our life, and it gets poured out. And so you, this, this guy gets up in the morning, and, and he's doing his best to pour into his spouse and to pour into his kids, and then he's got to pour into his job, and then 
he's got stuff going on and, and he sees needs. And so he's trying to pour into some of these needs in his community. And then he's got personal things that he's going through and issues. And then his kids decided to get married. Like we just celebrated a, a, a marriage. And then they, that's, that's all of it. Cause they, so we just know that that's the case. If you've ever had kids get married, you know, that's the truth. And if your kids haven't got married, you should probably start saving now. Um, and here's the thing. He's empty. He's got no more life to give. This guy over here, he takes the first and goes, God, the first thing I want to do is I want to give to you. And I'm not talking just finances, but I want to prioritize my relationship with you. I want to do all I can to make that relationship top priority. And then he gives to his spouse. And, oh, look, it's right off onto the floor. I'm going to make a mess. And then he gives to his kids. And then he gives to work. And he gives to the needs in his community. And, and he gives to these other things. And he's got personal issues going on. Poured into that relationship with Jesus. And when you prioritize pouring into Jesus, the kingdom of God will be poured out into your life. And it's more than overflowing. Luke 6, 38 says, Given it will be given to you, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. It will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Kathy, could you come to the piano? Worship team, if you get ready in just a few moments. We all have issues. We've all had doubts. Church, even when you doubt, prioritize the relationship with Jesus. The resource will be there for you. Doesn't always come in the package that we think it comes, should come in. But our God is faithful. He's real and he's true. And today God wants to pour into your life overflowing to give you more so that you can pour out more this week. I know, I know there are people here that are tired. I know there are people here that are exhausted. You're running on fumes. God wants to fill your cup to overflowing. Would you do something for me, church? Would you just come and join me at the altar? Just right now, every person, if you're willing to do this, would you just come? Because I don't want you to miss out on what God has for you today. Listen, I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching with you. I need a word from God today for me. God has plans for you, your family. God has plans for this church. The mission is not over. There is still more to do. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to do life on my own. And you guys are great. I love doing life with you. But I don't want to do life alone with you. I want to have the resources of the kingdom available for us, available for you, available for your family this morning. So let's just take a moment in God's presence. And, and, and the reason that I asked you to move out of your seat is because sometimes we just need to move a little bit to have God move in our life. Let's just close our eyes for just a moment. And let's just ask the Lord to just be here and present in this moment, that we would be present with him. Jesus, on this Mother's Day, God, we just stand here in this place at the altar. And Lord, we just say we want to prioritize a relationship with you. If you're here this morning, you're watching online, and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, we're going to pray right now to start a relationship. The first thing is that we're, we're broken. We're not perfect. We've got issues. It's called sin, which means to miss the mark, to not be perfect. None of us are perfect. We need a Savior. The only Savior that can save us is Jesus Christ. He came, He lived, He died, and He rose again so that you could have a relationship with Him and that He could defeat the issues in your life. And so this morning, we want to take a moment and just pray for that. 
Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm lost. I'm broken. I've got issues. And I need a Savior. Jesus, would you come into my life? Would you do what only you can do? Would you save me? Would you show up in my life? Would you change? Would you transform me? And I take a leap of faith this morning and I say, I believe that Jesus Christ, you are the Lord and King, that you came, that you died, and you rose again. The relationship with you. Let us know online, celebrate with you. As, as we all stand here, and as Kathy is playing, I'm going to ask you to do something even a little more bold. Would you just raise your hands up just as a sign of surrender to Jesus? Lord, I want these people to be filled to overflowing. I want them to have life and life more abundant. Lord, as a church, we know that this season is challenging. That you said this year would be challenging for us. That there would be brokenness that we would have to endure. But God, in this moment, we lift up our hands. Not as a sign to say we're throwing up the white flag to life. But to say we lift up our hands to the resource the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We surrender to you, Lord God. We say that, God, you are able. Your word is true. And, Lord, as we have given out of our life to so many things, there are some here this morning empty. There are some hurting. There are some that are just wounded. God, I pray this morning that, God, your resource, your spirit would pour into their life that, God, you would do more in and through them than they ever thought possible. God, as we prioritize you, as we prioritize the preaching of your word, a relationship with you, and the mission you have given the church to witness and to bring people into a relationship with you, to give them an opportunity to have an encounter, I believe that the Spirit will flow, that the kingdom of God will open up resources, not just to this church as an entity, but to every family, every person, every individual. I pray a blessing that would begin to flow in and through their lives, in their kids' lives, in their grandkids' lives, that there would just be something new that would begin to flow in their life this morning, a joy and excitement about what's possible in the kingdom of God. We prayed all week. For somebody in our church, I don't have permission to share their name yet. We prayed all week because it looked like they had cancer. We prayed all week as they went in for testing. God, if it's possible, do something amazing. If it's possible, do a miracle. If it's possible. And on Friday, this individual went into the hospital and had the testing. And I got a text message at Leiden and Sarah's wedding saying, Pastor, they did the test. I don't have cancer. And my first thing I did when they told me that is I began to tell them about how great a God I serve and how amazing he is and how he pours out life into people. God is pouring out his spirits. God is pouring out his strength. It is available for you today, church. Don't leave this place the same way as you came in. Would you grab the hand of the person next to you this morning? You are equipped to be a minister of the gospel. And you might go, Pastor, I don't know anything. Do you know Jesus is Lord? You've got enough. You've got enough tools this morning. I want you to pray for that person on your right and left today. As if your prayers were the one thing that's going to open the door for them this week, that's going to open the door of heaven and, and provide the blessing that they need. And it's not you, it's not anybody else, it's Jesus alone that can do it. But God wants to use you as a vessel this morning to pray and to pour in to that individual on your right and left. Lord, we pray this morning, whatever the needs might be, whatever the healing needs to happen, God, whatever you need to do in their life this week, it would happen in the name of Jesus. We thank you that your word is true, it is strong, it is mighty, that we can trust you. We thank you this morning. Would you turn to that person on the right and left and just let them know their love this morning?
hey, we're going we're gonna to close this service the best way we can. Let's worship Jesus together. Then we'll pray over the offering. But Mike, worship team, would you lead us one more time? You can go back to your seats. You can stay up front, whatever you'd like to do. But let's worship the King together one last time this Sunday morning. Higher than the mountains. Higher than the mountains that I face. Stronger than the power of the grave. Constant in the trials and the change. One thing remains. One thing remains. Your love, your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Never gives up, never gives out on me. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love, your love, on and on, on and on and on and on it goes. my soul and I never ever have to be afraid amen one This is amazing grace.
today. Uh, remember, it is Mother's Day. Hopefully, your cup has been filled by the Lord today. So you've got a little bit in you to give to others. So make those phone calls to your mom. Uh, treat those ladies and women in your life with respect and honor today. Make sure you cherish them and that they feel cherished and honored. Uh, remember that we have opportunity for you to buy tickets today for uh, the celebration service on June 4th. Uh, we'd love to sell you a ticket. Hannah's out there. If you've got questions about camp, you can see Hannah as well. Let's go ahead and pray over our offering today, and we wish you the very best for Mother's Day. Lord, we thank you, God, to be able to gather here today. We thank you for the word that you've given us. God, as we invest in your kingdom, Lord, we know that you will meet the supply that we, we have in our life, that as we pour out our life, that, God, you will supply the things that we need in our life. Lord, I pray for every person here that they would be fulfilled this week exactly where they are, where they're supposed to be. Lord, we don't want to come out of the oven early. If you've got us in the oven that you're doing something in our heart, in our mind, in our spirit, we don't want to come out early. It might be challenging. It might be difficult. But Lord, when we come out, we are going to be who you are making us to be. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor. Lord, we pray over our offering this morning that God, as we give, we might do so with a heart of worship. That, God, we may be able to do more for the kingdom than we ever thought possible. That, Lord, this little church would reach this community for the kingdom of God. We would be representation to this community of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, to love on people, to be the person in the middle, in the center, and to be in the gap 
for people in our community to serve them well and that they might see Jesus in and through us. Lord, we thank you for all that you do. And Lord, we pray a special blessing over mothers this morning. God, may this be a day where they feel honest, cherished, and privileged. We give you praise, glory, and honor. And God's people said, amen. amen. Next week, don't forget, we'll be honoring Mandy in service. You won't want to miss it. It's going to be a great worship experience.